time for your love coach. Let's find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Today, we are going to talk about one of my all-time favorite topics. We're going to talk about what it means to really love yourself. Now, if you've listened to my show more than once, and I really, really hope you have, you have heard me say something about loving yourself. And I know when I'm listening to the show with people I know or I'm in the chat room, people always say, of course I love myself. You know I do. And I, I will usually say something back to them. <laughs> and the thing is, it's so easy to say that, but... I think at the end of today's show, you might have a little bit different perspective on what it really means to love yourself. Because, you know, it's it's easy to say, I love myself. And we we all feel that we do, I think. But, you know, it, it goes deeper than you may think. And I, I really, really am excited about the fact that we're going to share what I think that means and what my guests think that, that means. And just, just kind of getting you to kind of open your mind and, and think about what it means in a little bit deeper and a little bit broader sense than you might normally. Now, I'm real excited also to have Grace Bryant back with me. She was with me a while back, and I'm like I said, I'm really excited to have her back. So, Grace, it's great to have you with me. Thank you, Nikki. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on Ready for Love again. You know, we had a great time last time and talked about a very different topic last time. We talked about polyamory, and I, I read one of your articles, and I'm like, i got to have Grace on with me. And so we had a great time last time, and I'm really looking forward to this. And I think it's going to be cool because we've, we've talked a little bit about what we both think about this, but we, we haven't delved in it really deep. And I just, I'm looking forward to hearing what you think, and I hope you're looking forward to hearing what I think. And I think we're going to bring. I am. I definitely am. I think we're going to brainstorm some great things for the listeners. (laughs) Yeah, and I really hope it just gives people um, the inspiration to really think about how this is applicable for themselves, because this might seem conceptual, like you said, or like, oh, it's a, oh yeah, yeah, I love myself. But but we can get really practical about what this looks like and how to live this way. That's it. Well, well, I mean, do you agree with me that it's it's something that people just kind of just kind of automatically say, of course I love myself. Do you do you get that sense too? I, I get the sense that the people who think they love themselves do that, and I also get the sense, and and from the people I work with, um, I have met a lot of people who who think, well, I don't love myself, and and maybe the answer somewhere in between. You know, we can't really black and white say this is the thing that I have. I grasped this or this is a thing that I haven't, that I don't have. Right. I think it's, it's more complex than that. I do, too. I do, too. And like I said, they, they may be right. I just, I just think, it, I think a really true love for yourself goes deeper. And, and I, I, tell, I tell you what, how about we say it can go a lot deeper when you think about it in a different perspective. How about that? And we're going to help us do that tonight. Yeah, I I think the depth is a really important part of that. But it's also the absolute most simple thing 
that there is. It is. So, it should I think be. Thinking about it also is about um, letting go. True. True. And when you're able to do that, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So we're going to help people to do that tonight. So I just want to just kind of clear their minds, <laughs> turn off Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just clear their minds and just kind of go with us for the next hour. So <laughs> sounds good. Okay. Now, now, just to give you all a little bit of information, now, you already know that I'm a, I'm a love and relationship coach and a radio host. And now let me give you a little bit of information about Grace. Grace is a relationship and sexuality coach, a retreat facilitator. And actually, she is heading out to a retreat tomorrow. So we got her right before she heads out the door. She is a yoga and meditation instructor. She is currently residing in Seattle and often ventures to wherever in the world her work is desired. She has been a whole life educator for nearly two decades. See, I, I just I see your picture, and I just, I don't believe that, but I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> she integrates drama, music, movement, meditation, and yoga, mindful living, creative play, teamwork, and conscious collaboration and leadership. And I love this. Her path into yoga began in 2005 with her sister dragged her kicking and screaming to a yoga class. See, I I, I just I love that. In, in 2007, she was inspired to start teaching informally and since then has studied and taught in six countries and devoted her entire life to the journey of awakening. See, this is why I love talking to you, because you help awaken people. This is so cool. Yeah, and that is, man, what are we awakening to? Love. That's exactly. It. And loving ourselves. What better awakening could there possibly be? Let me see. Your favorite classes are those that expand consciousness and incorporate how to live with more awareness, trust, and compassion. She leads coaches, coachings, classes, discussion groups, workshops, women's groups, and retreats in the Pacific Northwest and abroad with a focus on living with an open heart. With the support of her teachers and worldwide communities, she continues to unfold into a deep sense of peace and trust and hopes to share this in her teachings. I just love that. Okay. Now, self love. Let's just let's just start in the very basic basic question. What does it mean to love ourselves or others? I'll give you my answer and then I want to hear yours. Oh good. Okay. <laughs> So I'm even going to back that up one step further and ask and say, what is love? Okay. And um, according to my traditions, to what I've studied, and especially to what I've experienced, I would say that love is the essence of our being. And, it, and it's lo- it love is the essence of being. It is who we are when we clear all of the crap out of the way. That crap being the conditions and the separation and... Um, anything that we that we compare to other people or we protect on other people, any of our stories, when we can step outside of all of that or deeply inside of all of that, then we get to this basis of our being, which is love. Oh, and like so it. to love as a verb means to live from that place. And from that place, I have a quote here from a, an Indian sage, Ibramana Maharishi. He says, I cannot but see you as myself 
It is the very nature of love to see no difference. I cannot mm. but see you as myself. It is the very nature of love to see no difference. So when I see myself in, in everything around me, in the people and the plants and the oceans and the buildings and the Facebook pages and all of that, and when I look at all of that and see it all as just this, just the same essence, then that's love. So to love ourselves is really interesting because if that's who we are, then in essence we can't do anything to really be in the place of giving that to ourselves because that's who we are. But we're also all of these pieces of our identity and our personality that we think we are. So it's, it's from this place of our essence, giving that vaster perspective to our personality. And then we'll get into you know, self-acceptance and self-esteem and compassion and all of those things. But I think if we can experience that the essence of our being is love, and that means to see no difference or to see no separation between ourselves and everything or everyone else, then we just rest in love. So it's not an action so much as a state of being. That's what I got. Over to you. Yeah, see, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was, I was prepared to ask questions, not answer them. So <laughs> I know you want to talk about this topic, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 I, I wasn't ready for the first question. Um, I, I think, honestly, when, when we're in love and when we show love, we're at our best, especially uh, a selfless love and a giving love. Um, I mean, I mean, seriously, aren't you at your happiest when you when you are in love and showing love to someone? Yeah, you know, whether it's whether it's yourself in a selfless way, or or when you're showing love to a partner, you know, or to a family member, you know, someone that you care about. Um, you know, when when you're with somebody and you just want to show them how much you care about them. You know, it's just the, the happiness in you when when you just want to give and, you know, it just, I mean, it's just such utter happiness. Um, like I said, I, I so wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You have the power of editing, so you can take that out. I do. I do. I, I, I can make myself sound better. <laughs> so. Um, well, I totally agree with you, but I also that that kind of leads to the spiraling question of, yeah, but what's the motivation to give that love? Because it can come from so many places. It can come right. from the place of, I want you to see that I'm showing you that I love you, which comes right. from a place of lack. That's not coming from a place of wholeness and this happiness and this joy that you're that you're pointing to. This is the same essence as when I say the word love. We will, uh, when we we're, fall we're going... into love. We're falling into that place in ourselves. Uh, but see, we're we're going to delve into that more with the other questions, though. Like, what is your motivation behind love? Why are yeah. you showing love? We're we're yeah. we're, we're going to talk about all that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is why it's so unfortunately complex. And right. in our mind, we can psychoanalyze it in a way that we don't let ourselves experience it because we want to rationalize. And when we rationalize love, then we lose it. Well, there's also many different types of love. 
you know. Yeah. And, and actually, it's really funny. One of one of my first articles that that hit like a quarter of a million views was about the different types of love. And it, so there, you know, a lot of people have questions about what in the world is love. Right. So we have to figure out what love is, and then figure out if we're showing ourselves love and if we're showing other people love and what type of love we're showing them. So it's it's, it's a complicated thing. So yeah, and I wrote an article on this recently too. This this the seven kinds of Greek love, but there's also the way that many many traditions. Um, that are not English-speaking traditions, interestingly, um, have looked at love in different ways. But in English, we just have this word love, and it's supposed to cover everything, but it, it gets confusing. Well, and, you know, there's, there's people I know that have just automatically say, love you, and, and then there's so many ways to interpret that. You know, and some people want to interpret that to mean... Uh, what, depending on who it's coming from, <laughs> you know, right. what interpret that to mean crazy in love with you when that's not really what they meant, you know, or they may say it and want the person to take it one way, depending on what they want to get out of it, like you were just saying, you know, about that. So it's, you know, it's it, it can be a really powerful word. It just I my thing is I don't say love you to somebody unless I mean it in a very heartfelt way. But that's not how everybody uses it. So, I, you know, it's... it's yeah, and, and that also points, I think, Nikki, to... Um, and this is something that in my article about unconditional love, um, I talk about personal love and transcendent love. So using this, this interpersonal love that you're talking about, someone I really feel a deep personal love for, a deep personal connection with. Right. Um, but then... As in my definition of love a few minutes ago, there's this transpersonal love, this universal unconditional love. And right. when we have this individual expression of love, personal love, um, which I always love the Victor Hugo quote, to love another person is to see the face of God. I think that, and whether or not that word God resonates with you, but, but the universe or the divine or, or whatever is bigger than us, us right. um, it points to seeing that that spark of recognition, that beautiful, deep, compassionate connection with someone else invites right. us to see that in everything. Right. Very true. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting word, and it really is. So, all right, interesting. So, now, there's different traditions interpreting as far as the word self. So, what... What do you think the word, quote-unquote, self means? Because we can't talk about loving yourself until we say what self means. Uh, yes, I agree. And I am going to give it two definitions. Okay. Um, there's what we call the big S self and the little s self. So when I was pointing to um, this essence of our being that is love. We don't have to do anything. That's just what we've been created as. Um, that is the biggest self. And then there's our self, which is who I think I am. So it's my personalities and my identities. And when I say, oh, my name is Grace. Well, that fits in the category of my small s self. So it's who I think I am. I'm Grace, and I'm a teacher, and I'm um, five foot ten, and I live in Seattle. All these things that kind of define me or my identities. 
But behind that, there's a me that doesn't fit into any of those definitions. So, you know, I haven't always been five foot ten. I haven't always been a teacher. In fact, my name hasn't always been Grace. People called me something else at one point. Um, so underneath all of those identities and definitions which are constantly changing, who am I? And when we say I, we point to the heart. This is a, a natural thing that we do. You don't say I and point to your knee or your eyeball, but you point to your heart. <laughs> so that, that feeling of being, that feeling of existence, which we can't deny, we can't deny that we exist, that is the biggest self. And then all those things that we think we are, that we define ourselves as, that I would say is the small s self. So I think when we say self-love, it's our big s self loving our small s self. That's interesting. Okay. Now, see, question number two, which is already getting deep, y'all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what your, uh, uh, what your take on that is. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't considered the, the big S and little S. That's, that's interesting. All right. Um, no, I, I hadn't thought quite that perspective. But you have a course on loving yourself. So when you, um, you know, are, are showing people how to love themselves, who is it that they're loving? Well, I... Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have put you on the spot again, Mickey. You <laughs> I'm telling y'all, she didn't tell me she was going to quit. This is way too fun. I'm going to start a radio show. Yeah, I know. I, I thought I was the interviewer here. <laughs> I, I thought it was my radio show. Uh, <laughs> So what I get for having Grace on the show twice, right? I have her on three times. She's going to take over the microphone. Um, <laughs> well, I want to quote you. Um, so I was reading through your um, your program, your Love, Accept, and Respect Yourself program. Right. And you said loving yourself should be one of the most natural things in the world, yet it's the one thing many of us do not know how to do. Right. And I mean, you're totally right. It is the most natural thing because we are this self-love. It's not that we have to go find it. It's we just have to uncover it. It is right. the natural essence of our being. Do you think that we unlearn it? Yes. That everything, our environment, like, unteaches us? I mean, we just... Everything makes it so that we, we almost forget how to do it? Exactly. I wouldn't say almost. I would say that's exactly it. And you can see that if you're around young children. My uh, cousin just had a baby a couple of weeks ago, and I got to be there a few days after he was born. And this beautiful purity and innocent angelic quality of love and pure acceptance that comes off a baby. Right. Um, and this is, this is our essence, this shininess. And you can see as um, kids grow and develop and, and both in our environments and in the media and in this global society, we are conditioned to not love. And that's why I really like to talk about quote-unquote unconditional love and right. conditional love because what we call love or I love you or these different kinds of love, what we are allowed to, to love, right. um, which I think is a lot of what the problem is, is what we think we are allowed to love. These come from the conditions. And a lot of it, since we're both American, I can say, it comes from capitalism. <laughs> it comes from the fact that we've been brainwashed to think that we don't have enough and we aren't enough. And only when we get these external things that we spend money on 
then will we be enough? Well, there's a whole lot of conditions that, that people around me have put on love that have nothing to do with money. There's a whole lot of other conditions that have been put on it that, that I, I don't live up to in their minds. Definitely a lot of conditions. There's, there's, it's sad, but there's so many people that I don't think they have any concept of what unconditional love is in their lives anymore. I mean, you say unconditional love, and it's almost like they, like they look at you like it's a foreign concept because it's mm-hmm. just, there's just so little of that anymore. And that's, that's yeah. just sad. You know, yeah. I mean, so I was, I was describing something the other day, and I, and I said that they, it was just unconditional friendship with this person. And, and the person looked at me and said, are you kidding? I said, no. I mean, they just completely supported me. No matter who I had a problem with, this person always unconditionally supported me. And, I mean, they were just floored. I said, and it was incredible to know that. But I can't tell you more about that because then I'll, have, I'll get upset. So, <laughs> so, yeah, the but, word uh, unconditional is, um, is pretty mind-boggling because yeah. the mind thinks in terms of conditions. Yeah. You know, the mind thinks, how can I define this? How can I compare this to something else? And so that turns into judgments and, again, our, self, our, our worthiness. Right. So the the notion of, of unconditionality, I think, goes beyond the mind. We really have to experience that. You know, we don't believe in it because we haven't been told that it's a thing to believe in. We'll be disappointed, so we shouldn't love people, that kind of thing. You know, one, one thing I, I talk about here on the show a lot, too, is that in order to, well, and I use it in the concept, I've used it in the concept of dating. If, if you're going to go out and try to find someone that you want to date, the first thing you have to do is figure out yourself and who you are and what you want. And if you don't know yourself and what you want and what you need, you don't have a clue who to look for and what kind of qualities to look for in a person. Because if you don't figure out you and what you need in life and what you want to be happy, you don't know what to look for, right? Mm-hmm. I would go one step further and say we have to recognize that a lot of things that we think we want are conditions. Yeah, that's true too. So I think I want I think I want monogamy or marriage or um, a knight in shining armor or something because that's what my family has quietly unconsciously shown me that I'm supposed to like or my schooling environment or media or Disney movies especially. Yeah, well I'm queer. So wouldn't I be really unhappy if that was how I lived my whole life? Right, right. Well, that's what society tells me I'm supposed to want. I'm supposed to want, regular, you know, the one person and the 2.3 children and the white picket fence, and right. that's what you're supposed to want. So, right. so well, you that was, that can't was even the think of something that. different. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean something different? Right. <laughs> so. But what you just said, Nikki, of... You have to know yourself. And, and the yeah. question that you asked me was, what does it mean? What is, what is self? So, so where are we looking to find those answers? I think that's a really important question. You have to look inside yourself to figure out. <laughs> that would be deep inside yourself to figure out those answers. Yeah, and start to feel into your authentic yes and to your authentic no. When you get a response or when you put something out there in the world, I think we all have this intuition that says, like, ding, 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 that feels good. I feel that, that joy that you were talking about and that happiness when this particular thing happens. Right. Um, or, oh, I feel a little squirmish, but 
but that's what I'm supposed to like, so I'm going to go with it. And I have so many friends who do a lot of dating and online dating, and, and, and I'll just see them over and over again bypass their own intuition that says, mm, this isn't really what I want, but maybe that would make me happy instead of listening to their authentic yes and no instead of society's authentic yes and no or inauthentic right. yes and no. Well, this, this is what my family says I'm supposed to want, so obviously it's right for me. No! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy, but my mom says I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, or you have all the things. Why aren't you happy? Right. And right. I'm a life coach, so I, I get that a lot. Well, I have all the things. You know, I have a corporate job, and I've got the family and the kids, and I'm unhappy. So we've got to trace it back. Well, who are you? Yeah. And Disney says, <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. Don't get me on Disney. <laughs> but I watched all the movies, and, and, and I'm supposed to be a princess, and I'm supposed to have the knight in shining armor and the, and the prince, and yeah. Yeah, according to not... Disney, my whole life is wrong. <laughs> it's all wrong. And I could be really unhappy because of that. And I would say I was up until, you know, my mid-late 20s when I started asking these questions. We're allowed to ask questions? Oh, my. <laughs> so obviously I come from the path of, of yoga meditation of Eastern traditions, um, Taoism and Buddhism and, and things like that. And the beautiful thing about these traditions is, is we're supposed to ask questions. We're supposed to keep asking this question, who am I, who am I, who am I, and, and just keep diving into it. Never be satisfied with what someone else says, but experiment until you you are actually experiencing the answer not just conceptualizing it in the mind you know there are there are families and there are parts of society and there are religions where you're not supposed to ask questions you're just supposed to do what you're told yeah <laughs> i'm just saying you know this this is the way i lived for a long time and and you don't ask questions you just do what you're told whether it makes you happy or it makes you sad or it makes you mad or no it just you do what you're told and, not a good and to live. Well, if that's how you used to live, I'm curious. I'll ask you another question, but you don't have the answer. <laughs> Is, at what point did you start saying, why? Or did you start looking under the blanket and saying, huh, is this really what's making me happy? Or do I really... Oh, it wasn't making me happy. It, it just, anytime I asked questions, I was told that that was not good. I was, I was not allowed to do that. And, and obviously that made me a bad person. And, and so I continued to be told what a bad person I was. And I just eventually got really tired of being told that. And I just uh, decided it was time to do something different. And not until I went through my coaching training did I actually get to the point where I realized that I wasn't a bad person because I asked questions and felt that something huge was missing in my life and, and realized that I I needed to look inside myself to find all these things that were missing. It, it wasn't outside of me. It was in me. So much courage, especially if it feels like you're the only one doing it and everyone yeah. around you lives in this collective paradigm. It takes so much courage. Yeah, but it's, uh, well, and I've told people, I said it, it took an awful lot of work and it wasn't easy, and it it pissed off pretty much a, a huge chunk of of my immediate family. But it it was worth it, you know. I'm I'm very happy now, and they're still very mad at me, and that's okay. So, are you saying that when we start on this path of self love, other people around us may not be happy with us? I am saying that yes, and I, I say that frequently. Well, and, and one of the things one of the things with the show is that I'm I'm real open with letting the listeners know that 
this isn't just something I'm throwing out to people and saying, hey, you should try this. I don't know anything about it. It's I've done this, and I've, I've gone through the steps, and I've been miserable. And I was, I was miserable until at least my early 40s, very mm-hmm. miserable. You know, and I, I was one of these, I, I woke up every day feeling I was a huge disappointment to my entire family, you know, that, that I, had, I had let them down. And one of the coolest moments with my mom was when she, she says, I don't know what you're doing different, but I, I've never seen you this happy. Whatever it is, keep doing it. And that was when I was, I was doing my coaching training, mm-hmm. you know. So the fact that she saw something changing was huge for me. And you weren't doing it for her. You weren't no. trying to make her notice or show her how happy you were. You just were happy. Yeah, yeah. But she saw it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is this is a huge piece. Is of often what stops us from loving ourselves is pleasing other people. Yeah, you got to do it for you. And the thing is, I think you've got to. There, there's got to be some motivator, and sometimes it's got to be you're just so fed up was feeling bad, you're ready to make a change. You know, or, or in my case, it, it just <laughs> it just kind of fell in my, la- my lap because I was working for Dr. Ava, and she said, you know, if, if you want to go through the training, here it is. And, and that was the biggest gift I think anybody ever gave me. But, I mean, you, you've got to want to make a change. And, and that's, that's on the, the page for the, the Love Yourself program. It's like, you know, you've you got to want it. You've got to want it bad enough to put the work into it. Yeah, and you have to want to do it for yourself because yes. I, I work with a lot of people in relationship coaching and intimacy coaching who, who want to make changes to make their partner happy, and that will never be genuine, and no. you'll never follow through with it. You know, no. we'll do it to a certain point, and then uh, it will all fall away, but not until it really comes from this place of, I want to be a better version of myself. I right. want to be a loving human in the world Will we stick with it. And a lot of what I offer people is a personal practice, so a meditation practice and a daily practice and maybe affirmations, all sorts of different things. And I find that only when this aspiration comes from within, as you said, this willingness to look within and really have a lot of courage in that, do we commit every day to a personal practice. Right. Well, I, I put on, I put on the, the page for it. I said there's two catches. Number one, you've got to pay for it. And number two, you've got to put the work into it. And if you're yeah. not willing to do those two things, forget it. There's no point in even there's there's no point in it because it it does take work. And well, and the thing is too, if if you're to the point where you're going to make major changes in yourself, it's going to upset the people around you. It just is because you're you're likely going against the the norm of what they think you should be. Because you, you've gotten into a rut, probably, you know, and, and they're comfortable with that. <laughs> you know, they're comfortable with who you've been all these years. Otherwise, they would have been getting you to change. And this is one of the things I wanted to talk about today was beginning to practice self-love and beginning to live in this way in the world from our authentic, our authentic yes is going to bring a lot of discomfort. And we yes. have to start being able to say yes to that discomfort and not avoiding it or shying away from it or or repressing, becoming emotionally repressive is, is how it happens. For me, you know, I, um, I definitely started to shove my emotions down a little bit when I was, quote, unquote, oh, I'm living authentically now, and uh, some people around me noticed. And so right. 
my discomfort just grew more and more until I could actually express myself and then um, and then start being more and more in love with myself. Well, you get to a point where you, you can't stop. I mean, I, I started I started the classes, and the first couple, of course, I, I started with the fun stuff like you know the kissing and you know, the, you know the, the fun things. But then after a few, and I think intimacy because intimacy is just such an incredible you know topic to delve into. You know, and and um, I think dating and kissing and intimacy and female sexuality was really cool, and male sexuality. But then I started, you know, then once I started feeling better about me and thinking, you know, it's I'm not a bad person because of the way I, you know, because of the stuff I'm interested in and the way I feel about myself and and all this. And then once I started getting into it. I, I, I couldn't stop. I'm like, I, I got to finish all this. Then I got to a point where I'm like, okay, if if I'm starting to get rid of all this guilt and shame I felt all these years, I've got to finish this. I've got to pass the final exam, and I've I've got to start sharing this with other people and help them to start feeling better because I you know I spent four decades feeling like this. Other people shouldn't feel this bad for so long. This is ridiculous. I got to help them too. And it just, it, it becomes contagious. It really does. It really does. That's exactly why I do what I do in the world, because I learned how to be happy. And, yeah. and this journey keeps going. It's not that I've learned and I'm done, not by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but I consider myself on the path to uncovering all of these conditions and getting to be in love more and more and more and more moments of the day. And that's all I want for everyone else, is to experience this. We live yep. in such disease and disharmony and poor health and unfortunately um our western medical system can't say we're well, not loving yourself enough so that's uh, you need a healthy dose of that when you get home <laughs> exactly like a prescription pad right just to, to to hand it out to people and tell them they need to love themselves <laughs> right right but man yeah, would we, we have life insurance Problems if, if that was our prescription pad. <laughs> we, should, we should have prescription pads made up for, for love coaches and, and write prescriptions. That, that's what we need. I'm, I might do that, actually. I love it. <laughs> cool. I've got a friend that's a printer. I'm going to go down tomorrow and tell him I want a, I want a prescription pad for a, a prescription to love yourself. He, I can see it. He'll look at me like I've lost my mind. <laughs> well, i tell you what. What, what do you think is in the way for many people, keeping them from loving themselves? I think it's these conditions. It's these stories. And when we talk about the, the big S self, the, the existence of our being, the essence of our being, which is the freedom and love, mm-hmm. and then our small S self, which is all of these identities and personalities, we have stories. We have so many stories that say how it should be and how we should look and our perfectionism, and I'll just raise my hand and say, man, I was a perfectionist for so long, and I'm definitely on the recovery path of that. And that kept me from loving myself, because I I didn't practice the piano enough, and I didn't get good enough grades, and I didn't have enough boyfriends and girlfriends and all of that, which was silly, because I got straight A's, and I won piano contests, and it was like there was never enough perfection for me. And all of my family didn't know where this came from, and it wasn't that anyone else was imposing this thing, these things, but somewhere along the lines, I, I learned that for other people to love me, so I had this story, I needed to be perfect. And I'm sure that there are some listeners out there who, who would raise their hands and say, yeah, that's, that's what I bought into, too. That's a story that's been 
created around me. And so there are stories that we we have personally learned, whether we, we watched our parents enact a particular pattern or whether we were explicitly told something. But we also have these global patterns that we aren't supposed to love people that we aren't in love with. Um, and for a lot of people, that means, you know, we should just love our one heterosexual life partner. Right. And that's the only love that we should have as opposed to, oh, I, could, I can love everyone in my life. And the more I do that, the more that reflects back onto me. Or I can love myself so much that that shines forth to everyone who is around me. Like, like people that say you can only love one person, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a limitation. So these stories are just limitations, limitations, limitations. Well, I'll tell you what I think is, is one of the big things that's in the way of us being able to love ourselves or making decisions that keep us from being able to love ourselves. And I think that's the shame and guilt that many of us are made to feel throughout our lives. I know that was a big, big issue for me for years and years and years. And that was that centered around all kinds of things in my life. That took a mountain of work to get past that. And it was, I mean, it was heaped on me for a long, long, long time. And I know a lot of other people have that issue too. That's why I wanted to kind of bring that up. Yeah. And so because of this belief that you had around the shame of something, you had a story that it had to be that way. You know, and these stories are very unconscious. And then we, we're programmed that that's the only thing we hear. I think so through the lens of shame and guilt, and I love Brene Brown's work um, of uncovering shame around this. It's oh, like yeah. we're on the lookout for that. That's the only thing we hear is, um, you know, you shouldn't be or you shouldn't have done or whatever that particular story is. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that's our antenna is set to receive that, and we can't receive love. Right. It's hard to give love when you're feeling shame and guilt about yourself because you, even, even if you try to, it's not good enough. You're not good enough to give love to the person, and you certainly aren't give, good enough to receive love if you've got all this shame and guilt that you're dealing with. It's amazing the mind games it plays with you. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I dealt with that for a day for a very long time. And like I said, I, I've talked to so many other people that dealt with it. Well, now I deal with that on the uh, About page on my website for the radio show. Because it, it, well, I, think, I think if I remember right, I even put on there a special note that, that that's one particular niche of people that I really want to reach out to with the show is, is other women that are dealing with that. Because I know there are so many out there that are dealing with the same thing I did for so long. But yeah, and even, even now when I talk to certain family members, they try. They really try to heap that on me. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, you're not either. Mm, and so now it sounds like you're able to recognize those patterns when you see them. And oh, some yeah. people are, are overt in that, and some people just do it subtly. There's this manipulative way you can say, how are things going? With like a little cock of the head or something. And, yeah. and get that there's, there's just a little bit of poke in there, like why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? But instead oh, of yeah. you hearing that, you just are able to look past that and not, and not be affected by that. So to be in a place of non-reactivity. I think this is a big sign of self-love and of moving past our stories around shame and guilt and around not being enough is when those things come at us, because they always will. That's yeah. the thing about self-love. It doesn't change that we're going to run into these things externally. It changes our internal compass and the way that we interpret um, what life throws at us. 
Well, you know, something I've, I've brought up quite a few times on the show and I brought it up with a couple of, of coaching clients lately is we can't control what others are going to do, but we have every bit of control over our reactions to what other people do. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I can't control what family members say to me, but I can control how I react to what they say. And this is really tough on the beginning of the path. I have uh, yep. someone in my life who's dealing with this right now of this, whoa, I see how defensive I get, and then it perpetuates this, um, this tension between my partner and I. And whenever they say this thing, I interpret it this way, and then I react. And they've all of a sudden had this realization of being able to step back and see it and not right. play into that game. Right. And that's, if we want to go into the practical, the practical part of it, Watch when you react. Watch what comes out of your mouth. And then just take a step back and say, huh, is that something I actually wanted to say? Is that how I wanted to participate in this? Yep. That's true. In in the mindfulness traditions, we say between stimulus and response, there's a gap. And in that gap is our freedom to respond. That's true. Well, I've I've got a family member, and I asked him one day. I said, I said, do you care if I'm miserable, and does it make a difference to you that I'm happy now? And their response was, no. Mm. I said, are you serious? They went, no. If you're not doing what I think you should, I don't care if you're happy. <laughs> well, that puts it in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> and then what do we do with that information? I mean, to me, that registers as, wow. You must be in so much pain. Oh yeah. And so yeah. and so our response to that, again, when we're when we're walking on this path of self love more and more, is offering compassion. Yeah. It's just giving love to that person. We don't have to receive love from them to give love back. Yeah, that that just confirmed for me exactly how unhappy they were. I said, Okay, that, that confirmed it. Well, I had another one that um, wanted me to do something, and I and I knew that that being where they wanted me to was was going to be around a lot of people who want to control me, and and I looked them right in the eye and I said, well, let me just tell you that no one there has any control over me at all anymore, and that was that was one of the most loving things I've ever said in defense of myself ever mm. in my life, and I God, that felt so good. <laughs> Wow, they haven't said another word to me since that moment, but boy, that felt good. And I meant every word of it, you know, but it just, those kind of moments, oh, they're priceless. Absolutely priceless. Yeah, because we can feel empowered to, to yes. just be in that essence of ourself without having to lash out at someone else. Yeah, if someone well, that, that plays out as violence, then, well, then you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not really coming from self love when it goes into that place. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, it got my point across. And I, like I said, I, it was it was said totally calmly, and it just it got my point across because I I knew why they wanted me to be there, and I'm just like, okay, this this is gonna just stop. That's all I need to say. And like I said, that that ended the conversation. <laughs> so it's like, huh? It's not it's not gonna make any difference if I am there because no, the power's gone. I've I've taken back control of my life. Thank you. And sometimes, especially in families, this is a big heated topic. We will go into those situations to make other people happy and think that that's loving other people. Right. But it's not. Because no. it's, it's coming from a place of, well, maybe I'll get what I need if I, if I go into this situation. Right. And 
and, and we know, we know there's a part of us, this, this intuition deep inside that says, no, no, no. But we've been conditioned to just go along with it, unfortunately. Well, and we're not helping anybody. We're not helping ourselves and we're not helping them either. Yeah, stepping out of these patterns and especially into patterns of forgiveness. Choosing right. to forgive. Choosing to love ourselves in spite of or instead of or because of all of these conditions. Right. Um, that's, that's really how we stop the patterns. Right. Well, and we may help to them to not start the patterns with somebody else too. You never know. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I was just sharing this with someone the other day. They, um, the 25-year absence of a family member. Wow. You know, they could have carried a grudge. They could have gone into that and said, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. And instead they chose to walk in in just pure forgiveness and pure love. And, and I pointed out to this person, you have stopped a cycle in this world. You right. have stopped perpetuating whatever was held on to there. And you've created a space for that person to experience love, maybe for the first time in two decades. That's so incredibly powerful. So how can a person start loving themselves? Because the first step is the most important and it's also the hardest. (sighs) (laughs) Just take deep breaths. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's hard hard to answer this prescriptively to every person because everybody's going to, everybody is on a different place in this path. So I really think it's depending on where you're coming from and, and how deep into not loving yourself you are. Um, but I think the very first thing is to start believing that it's possible and to start knowing that you are enough and you are worthy of love and in fact you are love. It's not something that you have to earn. It's not something that you have to find. It's not even something you have to receive from other people. I think shifting out of the, the belief pattern and into a new paradigm of, oh, this is actually possible. I think that is the first step. And then it's starting to recognize when we hear the mind say, oh, but he'll never love you. Or, yeah, but I, I could never be in that situation. Or, um, nobody loves me. When we hear ourselves say those things, just step back and say, oh, yeah, is that really true? Does that really have to be true? Or have I just been taught to believe that? So start to question these belief patterns when we hear them. Right. Yeah, yeah that, yeah. oh, they'll, they'll never care about you or never, oh, I hate that. Oh. I was so surprised when I started this path and I just started listening to what was going on in my head. Because all of our thoughts create our words and our actions. And they all come from this place of unconscious programming. Right. And when I started to actually hear, especially for me, I had a, but when this happens, you'll be okay. When right. this relationship happens, you'll be okay. When you make this much money, you'll be okay. When this, and there was always this condition. Exactly. Of, ah, and then I'll have a boyfriend. And then I'll have a da-da-da. And then, and I caught, I, every time I heard that, I just stepped back and went, what if it was all okay right now? But this is actually okay right now. So it's creating a new paradigm, a new story around acceptance. Right. Acceptance that everything in this moment is actually okay. And from now, from here, from the acceptance of that, I can make conscious choices going forward. Well, and don't let the other person decide when it's going to be okay. Yeah, because it already is. Yeah, yeah. 
I just it's it's just not up to somebody else anymore when it's okay. It's up to me. <laughs> so and I say it's good. Yeah, you say it's good now, and I bet, you know, on, on this learning curve, at some point, you probably heard yourself not say it's good. I'm like, wait a minute, what if, wait, wait a minute, what's that it's not good? Because <laughs> those external voices become internal voices, and then we believe that, we, that it's my voice. Yeah. But actually, somebody programmed it. Somebody put it there. Cause when we were a baby, none of this existed. You know, when we were two and we were just bouncing off the walls and fun and playful and innocent, so, wait a minute, who said that? Wait a minute, that was my voice. <laughs> so. Right, where did I get that? Where did I, and I think we don't have to go into every story and say, where did it come from, and I'm going to delve into my childhood. There, that can be really valuable, too, but at a certain point, we could just let all these stories go. We really yeah. can. Just put them all down. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've actually, one of the one of the parts of the Love, Accept, and Respect Yourself program is, is doing a timeline of your life. And, and it, it's amazing the things that, that can come up when you start thinking about what happened at different times in your life and, and uh, kind of just the things that, that can come out when you do that, you know, and you remember. And, and just, it's, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I've actually kind of kept up with that. It, it just kind of noted different things and different important things that have happened. But you're right. You don't have to dive into all of them. There's just certain ones that just kind of jump out at you. Yeah, and you can start just doing work like that. You can start to make those um, connections and realizations and have those aha moments more and more. But um, as we say in the yoga tradition, realization is instantaneous. So these like, whoa, I can't believe this came from here. But deconditioning is a process. You know, just because we've seen it doesn't mean that we've dropped the story. Right, right. So then we want to be on the lookout for, oh, that's a thing I believe about myself. I believe I'm not worthy of love. Right. And then when we're out living and we're interacting with people and we're in relationships and work and social media and all of that, seeing the places where we're affirming this and we were, we've created relationships then to sabotage ourselves to keep believing that story. Because it's yeah. really important that we keep believing these identities. That's what our ego does. So what's the difference between comfort and love? Oh, man. Well, we've touched on this a couple of times today. You know, comfort is staying in the same patterns. It's doing the same thing over and over again. And then the definition of insanity and expecting different results. <laughs> so, so it's... it's and, I, and I love the follow-up. What is... Because <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I looked at these and went, oh, I know where she's going with this. <laughs> so, so how can choosing to be uncomfortable be a sign of loving ourselves? Oh, exactly what you said when you were sharing your story of wow, it took so much bravery and courage to step out of the patterns that you were in and the patterns that other people expected of you to start loving yourself, to start choosing to say yes to to living life in a way that made you feel alive again. You know, actually, it's, it's, it's saying yes to yourself. It's saying, you know what, I deserve it, is, is what it is. I agree, it's, and a lot of people still choose, I mean, it's hard to go that one step beyond and say, and so I'm going to be in discomfort. If I'm saying yes to myself, why do I need to be in discomfort? Right. Because discomfort is the place that we grow. Right. That's really important. Well, and you know, it's, in some ways it's easy not to grow because you're comfortable there. But, man, you just kind of stagnate there, don't you? 
I I, I think so. I do too. <laughs> you just you just kind of stagnate and you just and you get quote unquote comfortable there, but God, it's boring there. It just man, you don't you don't grow, you don't learn new things, and it just I I just, yuck yuck. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think there's there's different realms of discomfort too. There's discomfort in in the the saying of just do one thing that scares you every day. There's right. discomfort in in um facing the external world in different ways. But there's even more discomfort in facing the internal world. It's scarier, for sure, to look at our own stories and start to unpack our own beliefs than, well, I'm going to go sing karaoke tonight because that's a scary thing for me. Do that. That's great. And also turn turn the, the view internally, as you keep saying. It is going within. Right. Well, now, and, and there's a fine line between, like, like you're saying, there's, there's a fine line between the discomfort that helps you to grow and expand and evolve, okay, and then there's this discomfort that just, just hurts, you know. And, but, I mean, you kind of need some of both of those, right? Yeah, there's, there's a saying in my, in my world, which is, thank you for the pain. We okay. can choose to grow and expand from anything. Like uh, we had a death in my, we had a number of deaths in my family last year, and wow, that was a lot of pain. And I'm not, you know, excited that all of that happened. But I can see in the process of grieving, in the process of moving through, in the process of choosing to still love, even in the midst of that pain, that I have expanded so much more. I love to use the word expansion in our growth. True. Um, but if we get to the point where we are not resilient, we're not able to make responsible decisions, we're not able to make choices because we're so tired, we're so in pain all the time, we aren't sleeping, you know, we get into maybe a trauma state or anxiety state, and we start to get paralyzed. So, you know, if our physical body is responding in a way of, of paralysis, of being stuck. Um, right. Then, then we need to look at that. It's like in a yoga class. We say, move into a shape that you can hold without pain, but there will probably be some discomfort. So right. if your knee starts screaming at you, come out of the pose. But if your right. body is just, if you're sleeping, then you're probably not experiencing any growth. But we do need to sleep, too. We do need to recover. We do need to give um, all of our physical and emotional and mental bodies the space to integrate integration is, is really important to recognize that we're always growing, we're always learning. And if we push ourselves to do that, you know, if you're a workshop junkie and love to go learn new things all the time, we also have to give ourselves the space to, to take that in and to incorporate right. that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm around some people that, like, don't like to read and don't like to learn and don't ever want to change anything. And I'm like, I can't imagine. Of course, and I'm I'm the other way, and I I've, I've got like probably 80 classes on my computer that I'd love to have time to learn, you know, <laughs> and I've got books like everywhere that I'd love to have time to read, and so there needs to be a balance. You know? There needs to be a balance. I totally agree. And at a certain point, all of this knowledge that we're accumulating, it doesn't hold a candle to what we're experiencing. You know, those right. moments where you've been able to say how much you love yourself in front of your family. Those have left far lasting effect on you than this other great book that you read by Deepak Chopra or 
whoever that you're learning from. So we do want to, and, and being inspired by the words of others is so important. Right. And having that direct experience is really important. So I created a series called the Integration Series, which is about when we have these like, whoa, big aha moments, how to learn to live with those every day, cumulatively over 21 days, before we try to tackle another big chunk. So to give ourselves the space to incorporate what we're learning and, and growing from without pushing ourselves too hard into the next thing. That's it. And there's always a next thing. <laughs> <laughs> At least one, if not ten, right? <laughs> sure, but there's also just this perfect moment right now, and that's the place that we can really love ourselves from. Exactly. Right here, right now. Exactly. All right, well, I'll tell you what, listeners, we've got a whole bunch of other questions we can still talk about, and I think we could probably do a whole other show. So I think we're going to do another show. <laughs> so so you with me, Grace? You want to you wanna talk about this for another hour, and we'll just do yes, another please. show? Wait. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> I thought you might be up for that. Okay, so I'll tell you what. We're going to talk about some more information about loving yourself and relationships, and especially how... Loving yourself does impact the other people around you and your family, your friends, your relationships. I highly recommend that the listeners check out my Love Yourself program. And if you'd like to, you should check out on my website on www.readyforloveradio.com slash program. You'll find all the details. And it certainly walks you through step-by-step how to love yourself more. And actually, both of these programs are going to be included in that program, along with over 500 pages of content and another 24 hours of audio is in there also. So lots of great information. So, yeah, I know, lots of information. (laughs) Tackling all kinds of topics that um, hold people back from being able to love themselves. So the goal is to help more people to get to a point where they can love themselves uh, more completely and to have healthier, happier relationships. So, listeners, I'm going to invite you to tune in again with us next week and come back and join Grace and I on Ready for Love Radio. Ready for Love Radio.